It's Wednesday, October 10th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Allen. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker, and from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Alex Scherer. Once again, Alex, glad you made it over the border. Thank you so much. I'm it's so, always a pleasure. The Pennsylvania border is just not what Cops were looking the other way today. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. They're, you know, their loss, Pennsylvania's loss is our gain today. Uh, as Am I, I s- going to be welcomed today? Never. You came up from the first floor of the building. <laughs> Alex drove... Usually many- I have a chance to thank you for having me, and today not. So... Thanks for riding yeah, the elevator. <laughs> Thanks for riding the elevator three <laughs> floors. Uh, as I mentioned on yesterday's market foolery, uh, we, earnings season has officially begun. It's it's just going to be wall to wall earnings for for probably the next few weeks. So settle in, folks. Today we're going to talk Costco and Yum Brands. Uh, we're also going to get into some news from Toyota. But let's start with Costco's fourth quarter earnings. They came in. Better than expected, thanks in part to last year's hike in membership fees. Mm -hmm. Shares up uh, about 4% this morning, Alex, trading at an all-time high. Is that right? Yeah, it's, uh, I think, around 21 or 22 times next year's earnings at this point. Sounds very expensive, but, you know, Costco has... I think for its entire history, been really premium priced stock, and uh, even starting off with that base, it's managed to soundly outperform the S and P five hundred. Costco is what we call a core holding in uh, in Stock Advisor, mm-hmm. um, and today's news doesn't doesn't give me any reason to doubt uh, that it'll remain a core holding for uh, a long, long time. What is the growth opportunity for a company like this? Because we've talked about this company before. They they just execute so well. The uh, the discipline that Jim Senegal, the founder and former CEO, had in place for so many years that's been carried on mm-hmm. uh, seemingly by uh, uh, by the CEO who, who followed him up, uh, Craig Jelinek. Um, is it just more locations? Is it international? When you look at this, what's what's the big opportunity? Yeah, for it's Costco? been it's been really slow and steady. Wins the race uh, for these guys, and they are. Uh, accelerating a little bit now. I mean, nobody's going to mistake Costco for a, a growth company. Um, but uh, new store growth over the next year, I think they're going to be opening, they said, 27 to 30 new boxes. That's about 5% uh, square footage growth, which mm-hmm. for a company of Costco's size and being the number three retailer in the country and the number seven retailer worldwide is a pretty steady pace. Um, Costco's secret weapon has always been its uh, member base. Um, the fees that they earn from uh, from from their membership renewals uh, makes up the vast, vast majority of their uh, pre-tax earnings, something like 75 to 80 percent. They, ba- yep. they basically run at almost break-even for their, you know, multiple billions of dollars in retail sales and make it all up uh, on the membership fee side. And so slow, steady uh, membership fee, um, member uh, member growth, uh, new box growth, and particularly internationally where they're going to be accelerating, especially in Asia, in Korea, and in Japan, uh, and also in Australia. Um, is is where the growth is going to come from, but again, it's 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 not like they're going to accelerate into you know massive square footage growth. It's just uh, been a premium price stock, not because of its growth prospects, but because of how steady and secure uh, those uh, membership fees uh, are and how and how how they grow. Regardless, I mean, they did a price increase this last year, and it had absolutely no impact on their renewal rates. They're still uh, right around ninety percent renewals, which is you know massive for you know among the best renewal rates for any membership business in any. Anywhere, Bill. What do you think when you look at this company? One of the things I think is I'm I'm looking at this company, wondering where is the Achilles' heel? 
Like what? What is the competitive threat to Costco? It seems like it's in it's in one of those small categories of companies that uh, they're to the extent that they have an Achilles heel. It's just if they screw up on their own. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of explains. We've owned it in, uh, in Motley Fool Asset Management from day one, and it's been a core holding uh, for us in the in our fund and. I think that we don't spend a whole lot of time worrying about it or modeling it uh, as compared to other holdings because it's a very steady performer, great faith in management, and they don't, you know, sitting around thinking of things that could go wrong is is too taxing for us. We, <laughs> you know, we just don't have You're not brains <laughs> that, that large, although I, th- I think it would be international. I think there are mistakes they could make. Uh, expanding into international markets, they haven't made mistakes. Yeah, I mean, they, yet, take, but, they take it so slow and yeah. so methodical. Um, yeah. Well, you could imagine new CEO comes in, and, and we're not worried about this, but as I say, you're taxing my brain to think of ways that they can go wrong that they haven't shown they're inclined to do. And, and it would be for a CEO to say, ah, I think we've been a little too cautious in the past. I'm the new guy. I'm going to try some some stuff that people have been pushing us to do for mm-hmm. a long time, yep. as, I, as I say, no indication that that is going to happen. Um, but if you're trying to get me to think of where something could go wrong, it would be there. Uh, one other way that Costco could have a, a slip-up is, is through very high inflation. Uh, if we get into a period where inflation really spikes for a sustained period of time, uh, because of their uh, super low gross margins that they accept for um, uh, for their for their product sales, yep. high inflation will have a large impact on uh, gross margins. Uh, they will be forced to raise prices um, in response, but there will be uh, you know a period of, of transition for them to get a handle on that. And the, and uh, the higher and more sustained inflation becomes, um, the 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 more that becomes a concern. And that's that's the sort of thing that might knock Costco down a couple of multiple points to a market multiple or something like that. If that happened, I mean, I would be, you know, uh, a pig in... Slop. Uh, slop, thank you. <laughs> we try and keep it a little clean here. Share because that's you know, that's the time to that's the time to really load up. Uh shares a yum brand. Could you just bleep slop anyway? I mean we be could. more entertaining. We could, sure. We could you know, our producer Matt Greer, that's at his discretion okay. if he wants to bleep away. Um shares of Yum brands up nine percent earlier today on the company's latest earnings. Uh Yum says that results from China locations should remain strong even as the Chinese Economy slows. Uh, Bill, this is a company that uh, you follow closely. That's 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 got to be among the more encouraging things you could hear out of Yum Brands management. That you know we've we've seen this narrative over the last few months of China's slowing economy, and to have Yum Brands come out and say, "Yeah, we're actually not all that worried about it." That's that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, well, they've got so many growth opportunities, which is part of the equation. The, the no one was really questioning whether they would be able to keep growing units there, uh, but whether to do so at the same sort of profit levels that they had done uh, in the past up until one quarter, the second quarter uh, of the year, where their gross margins slipped due to uh, labor costs um, and also um, you know the, the food costs. There is inflation in both of those categories, and it is reasonable for investors to be concerned about whether that will have a, a meaningful impact on Yum, given the size of uh, 
China in its total profitability, which is about 60% um, for the company. Uh, They've got costs under control reasonably well this quarter. Uh, You know, there are so many aspects to the growth story at Yum that we weren't particularly concerned about last quarter's uh, results. And it's actually the stock that we chose to to, uh, sort of symbolically and, and in reality make the very first purchase that we made when we started uh, the first fund at Motley Fool Asset Management. And it's because of the sort of insane amount of growth opportunities that they have globally concentrated for the moment in, in more in China than, than the rest of the globe. But, uh, you know, it was a, <clears throat> a va- value stock at that time, as many things were in the summer of 2009. Uh, but embedded in in sort of some disappointing domestic operations was phenomenal China growth, and that's really continued for the last three and a half years with no hiccups. China Schmina, for for me, Yum Brands comes down to five words: Cool Ranch flavored taco shells. I mean, come on, <laughs> you're, ju- you're just pushing for that. <laughs> um, uh, on that note, however, I, I I saw a stat the other day that taco, here in the U.S., Taco Bell um, accounts for more than sixty percent. Of Yum Brands earnings here in the U.S., they've obviously got Pizza Hut and KFC, but but domestically, it's it's mainly about Taco Bell. And we had seen recently David Einhorn, the uh, famed hedge fund uh, manager, come out and make the case for shorting Chipotle. And part of his case was what he believes is the great opportunity for the Cantina Bell. Segment, which is sort of this upscale version of Taco Bell, it's Taco Bell's answer to Chipotle. Um, what do you think of that opportunity? Do you agree with him that that not only will Cantina Bell be successful, it'll be successful to the detriment of Chipotle? Uh, I I don't think it's going to turn out to be one of his best calls in the sense he's had great calls of things to short. So. Uh, I think that there's a there's a sense in which looking at Chipotle and saying it's a good company, but it's not quite worth this price, uh, which was sort of the summation of his argument. Um, that said, uh, Taco Bell, being run by Yum Brands, is, when it decides to compete with you, a, a serious enough threat. I, uh, Chipotle still has, you know, phenomenal uh, growth opportunities itself. Uh, so I, I'm not worried on behalf of uh, Chipotle's shareholders. Uh, but, it, it, you know, if Taco Bell decides to go after your market, uh, because Yum Brands is, is a very well-managed company around the world in many different segments uh, and has been able to, you know, uh, do so much with Taco Bell, uh, yeah, I, I think Chipotle has, has, you know, a right to be to looking at what they're doing and say, well, what what effect will this have on us? I, I, I would seriously doubt that they turn out a better product than Chipotle, but it could siphon away some of its sales. Why not? Have either of you guys eaten at Cantina Bell? I don't even know if there's one in the area. No, is no. it like a separate standing store, or is it just you go into, there's like a separate menu inside the Taco Bell? I don't I don't even know. I, I think it's a, you know, part of the menu of Taco Bell, but I haven't been in a Taco Bell for a long period of time. Mac is rubbing his stomach and nodding. Yeah. Yes right now, so. <laughs> I mean, I think it's worth exploring. <laughs> I, was say, <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing the ads everywhere and the baseball playoffs right now. They're they're all over the place. That that may be what we do when we wrap up taping. So let's let's <laughs> let's get on that. Uh, Toyota is recalling 
7.4 million vehicles worldwide because of a faulty power window switch on more than a dozen models that rolled out between 2005 and 2010. Toyota says the switch might be sticky, and if it's not repaired, it could catch fire. Awesome. Let me say that again. It could catch fire. Things spontaneously combust all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, I don't know. We this don't know what chair the could is. catch on fire. What's 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 so concerning here? Um, you know what the the people who made that chair they're not recalling the chair <laughs> on the risk of it catching fire. Uh, in all seriousness, this is the largest recall any automaker has made in 16 years, and. Alex, we were talking before we started taping. Shares of Toyota only down about one and a half, two percent. Is this? I, I, I'm, I'm wondering about that disconnect. Why is that? This, this would seem like, regardless of the problem, regardless of what, it, why you're recalling seven and a half million cars right. worldwide, it would seem like the largest recall in 16 years would merit a greater knock on the stock price than two percent. Yeah, well, I think two things. Number one, it's it probably it's probably in large part because the the company is is cheap relative to the market uh, today. Um, outside of this recall situation, yeah. Um, after the two thousand and nine and two thousand and ten series of recalls, which I think in total were were larger than this seven and a half million uh, number, um, the stock since then has basically been flat, uh, and at the same time. Uh, market share has rebounded tremendously. Uh, sales were up 46% uh, year over year, um, most recently for Toyota, and, and the numbers were rising again, uh, which sort of leads into the second point, is that people seem to have pretty short-term memory for this uh, for this sort of thing. I mean, the recalls that occurred in 2009 and 2010, it was like one after the other, after the other, after the other, and it ended up with, uh, you know, the com- uh, Akio Toyota, uh, Toyota coming to uh, Washington D.C. Oh, and right, sort of yeah. apologizing to the country in, in front of Congress, and you know, if an if an event that long and that sustained has had no lasting impact on market share, uh, it seems that the market today is saying perhaps this won't either. Bill, you're in the market for a car right now. Is does this affect how you think about Toyota and how you're going to make your decision? No, no. I mean, I think that Toyota still does have. Uh, a, a good track record, if not a good uh, mind share at the moment for safety. That is, people recall that there were problems a couple of years ago. Those problems uh, actually, as it turned out, were not caused by dangers nearly as great the as whole the headlines. Ex- the, you know? <laughs> yeah, because the headline was that the Toyota vehicles may be accelerating right. on their own. Every time you hit the brakes, it, it rams into the car in front of you. Right. And that was the the you know thing that we were left with uh, listening to the That's story. Right. And then when it came out, oh, this was driver error. Right. Um, the error of hitting the accelerator and the car accelerated when you did that, which, you know, kind of is to Toyota's credit that that's what the accelerator did uh, was was not to read binds. Uh, you know, I'm trying to hit the brake. What am I doing? Uh, cars not advanced that yet. Now, Mercedes probably come out with a, you know, ad any day now that their cars can tell what you want to do when, you know, because they're, they're going down that path. See, you're, bet, you're betting on Mercedes. I'm going BMW. If, if, if someone's going to come out with uh, artificial intelligence in the car that's going to read your minds, if someone's making Knight Rider kit the talking car i'm betting my money why, oh, why is that bmw are you serious tesla really? yeah. tesla obviously tesla I mean, the guy builds spaceships no 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 mind control stuff it's got to be like the government uh, run car companies now right 
So GM, you're betting on GM is going to come out with the first AI car? Something from North Korea or something like that. I think there is a third possibility why the stock's not moving today. Perhaps there are enough market traders that own Toyota vehicles and are afraid to drive into work today. You know, if you're you're modeling this, right? I mean, I don't know what the cost of replacing the switch is, but we're not talking about the the engines being recalled. And and when this hits the headlines, right, if you're a Toyota owner, are you rushing in immediately? they're, They're probably pretty good models about how many cars actually go back in off of a recall. And if it's, you know, your car will accelerate into a a terrible accident, that's one thing. But if it's, you know, maybe the switch will, it's sticky. That's the thing. The switch is sticky and it could catch on fire. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of thing that I bet there are models that will say X percentage of people will never bother to do anything about. Mm -hmm. And, And I would think it's, even though the raw number of cars recalled is very high, this is not going to deliver the, the most cars brought back in for a recall. Email us, radio at fool.com. Let us know if this affects your thinking about Toyota. And more importantly, if you have a recommendation for Bill Barker, who is in the market yes. for a new car, mm-hmm. you're, you're not it's, looking for a minivan, right? You're no, looking for like a sedan? Or? What I need is it's, it's very simple. It's, I, I'm sure there are lots of them out there. The car needs to do 100 to 150 miles a gallon, mm-hmm. and it's got to be fun to drive. And not yeah. too expensive. That's all. I mean, that's, that's not, pretty much that's it. That's not too much that's to ask for. It. Oh, and uh, you got to be able to have. Uh, it's got to be able to seat five. Nice one. Not too expensive. Yeah. But in all seriousness, you're you're round. I trip. am. That's in all seriousness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It doesn't have to do one fifty. That's crazy. Let's just say sixty to eighty miles a gallon. Your round trip to and from work. 50 miles. So you're you're right? putting a lot of miles on your car yes. every day. So gas mileage is an important thing it for you. It is an important thing and uh, but it uh, it's also got to be reasonably not not crazy fun. I'm not, you know, I don't need that much. We but can have a conversation it, about look, the Model S it, it, after the show. The, it's working. I'm I'm doing uh, this trip in a Subaru Outback right now. So it's not in the fun category. It doesn't have to deliver too much to improve on what I've been accepting the last 10 years. Radio at Fool.com. Bill needs all the help you can get. Bill Barker, Alex Sherrick. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.